Everybody's working. With that time, yours. <laughs> hey, Seth. Seth. Hey, Seth. It's going to be okay, buddy. All right? I need you to look. I know that you're in a tough place right now, but I'm going to need you to really pull it all together. We're going to do a podcast. And it's not fair. No, I know, but it's you're right. You're but the world isn't sometimes. And right now it's really unfair to you especially. You are the victim here and we all feel really bad for you specifically. But the show must go on. Why do bad things only happen to me, Josh? I don't I I don't know. I have several guesses, but I'd be afraid to say any of them on the podcast. But the main thought would be sort of a cosmic disciplining. But I don't know that factually. Are you going to be okay? I've read Job. That checks out. That does check out. Do you got an hour in you? <laughs> I got an hour in me. I all always, right. I, You know, Matt Saranson is my all-time favorite football player. I always got one more, Josh, <laughs> even when my heart is breaking. <laughs> Welcome to Time Zars. That's the heartbroken, whimpering, disheveled, despondent Seth Kaiser. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Nate Taylor is back for this edition of Time Zars. He, I mean, he wasn't here Celebrate. last time. He didn't really go anywhere. Woo! We got a positive thing in today's show. Nate's here. Hi, Nate. Hello. Um, I'm 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 gonna try my best to not further the depression of of one Seth oh, Kaiser. Crap. But, but no. Glad oh. to be back. You're gonna report something I'm, I don't want to hear. Oh. I'm healthy. Yep. Yep. I have I I have uh, I have learned some things over the last <laughs> I guess 48 oh. hours and oh. uh, mostly saved them for this and we'll. We'll just we'll just dive in, buddy. But hey, just think about July 18th. That's when they're telling us that players are going to report to camp, whether you want to believe that or not. So we will obviously oh, talk no. about the having. Will a, will a certain will a certain player wearing number 95 be no. there? Can't tell no. you. Guys. No, I mean then no, probably not. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about the having of the preseason and uh, and a few other things, obviously, over the course of the show. But Chris Jones hit with a tweet. With a tweet, the man put the the Chiefs' world into a into a spiraling depression. There had been conversations over the last several days of some national some national reporters talking about Chris Jones wants Frank Clark money, and I was like, "Yeah, we like Nate's been saying that for like eighteen months at this point. What are we doing?" <laughs> and then around along yeah. the trader for Frank Clark. Uh, this isn't glad glad to see glad to see that's catching on. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> Everyone has caught back up to the Nate train, which is what I call. Yeah. You and you and Matt seriously had reported this like forever ago. Yeah, and people are reporting it like it's new news. I'm like, guys, what what have you been reading? Like, yeah. So, but it, but it, it does. I would say that it's not certainly not news in the number sense, but maybe a little noteworthy that it was getting pushed back out into the news cycle again. Maybe somebody wanted those numbers to circulate a little bit, or maybe everybody got bored and didn't have enough content to talk about. Um, But that wasn't really new. What was new is Chris Jones actually talked about it. There was a Mike Garofolo video and tweet from NFL Network. Chris Jones responds, Seth, you're going to go and take out your earbuds right now. I get it. He tweets, or I won't play, at Le'Veon Bell told me about this. And then later on, he quote tweets Le'Veon Bell again and saying what's understood doesn't have to be explained. Um... It, it seems like Chris Jones now has put out his side of the conversation while the number the numbers being floated out there, I would say probably 
wouldn't have originated from his camp necessarily, if I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. <laughs> but so now maybe both sides are playing a little uh, public ping pong. What's What did you make of that, Nate? And then what have you learned in the last 48 hours? And is it going to make Seth very sad? Yeah, so this is one of the few cases where, um, as this was sort of, you know, unraveling on Tuesday night, I, I think I made the decision um, because... Of what I had reported previously, there's like it's probably better for me just to save it for the podcast. Um, so congratulations, folks! Thanks for listening. Uh, shout out to Angie, you know, who's been desperately wanting us to do a podcast this week, probably in light of uh, of Chris's news. But I think what I've sort of gathered in all of this is that, folks, I know the deadline's July fifteenth. Oh no! I know you've been marking that on your calendars for about a month or so. Because uh, this is like the last piece, the last big piece of news for the Chiefs, mostly smooth offseason. Um, and this was the only thing that could make it turbulent, I thought, once I understood where the team was going to go when free agency started. It was like, okay, they're trying to bring it back in terms of the team. They're going to try to run it back. This is like essentially the last window for this team as it's constantly constructed. And they're going to obviously place a franchise tag on Chris Jones. And the understanding is, is that the only way this offseason could get screwed up is if Chris Jones and the Chiefs don't see eye to eye. If they don't come to terms on a long-term deal. Folks, that is probably going to happen. Now, I have to make the disclaimer that we are, you know, roughly 13 days until the deadline. These things are fluid. And yes, on a rare occurrence, things can change. Maybe there's a level of compromising on both ends to where you get a deal done in the short term with the understanding that, like, I don't think this is going four or five years in terms of a deal, Mm -hmm. right? Um, The Chiefs have made the argument that from a financial standpoint, it's been difficult to sort of see where they can fit Chris in with his sort of polite demands to be paid the respectful amount he deserves, honestly, based on statistics, based on film analysis that Seth has provided. Obviously, sort of the anecdotal stuff that, that you and I have talked about before, Josh, of just what Chris means to the locker room, to the community, and obviously on the field. The Chiefs are going to, as politely as an employer can, tell this man, you're getting $16.1 million this year. Let's move it over to next year. And if you don't like that, then we can place a franchise tag on you again, or you can try to find a deal with another team where your market will perhaps be shrunk compared to what it was this offseason, which is by and large why we place a franchise tag on you. Chris wants at least 20. I think that is the that what I've understood from all of this is that Chris wants $20 million per year. It'd be great if it was the Frank Clark deal. It'd be great if it was even what DeForest Buckner got, which I believe was what, 20.5. Um, so he needs that 20 number to sort of establish himself as, yes, not only am I one of the best defensive linemen from the interior pass rushing standpoint in the league, uh, that 20 number is just about the top, the cream of the, you know, of the crop from an NFL salary cap standpoint in terms of, you know, average base salary. I just don't see any way as of right now, either one of, either one of these sides sort of caving. And so, don't think a deal is going to get done by July 15th, folks. And I don't anticipate Chris Jones reporting to camp on July 28th. If because of the coronavirus, we actually have players reporting on time. Um, I just think it is best served. And as I understand it, 
there's really no incentive for him to show up on time like he did a year ago, mm-hmm. mostly because of the accrued season situation that we figured out last year in terms of getting to free agency, sort of finishing out his rookie contract. And to put as much pressure as he possibly can on the Chiefs, which really isn't much, he has to hold out and hope that the Chiefs will eventually get closer to that 20 number or find some way to make it work. But this deal's not going to happen on July 15th as of right now, and he is not showing up to camp one way or the other if things go the way I think they are over the next you know 13 days. And if he doesn't have the extension done by the 15th, then there can't be a long-term extension this season. Um, right. Like you said, he, he doesn't have to – if he doesn't sign, he gets an accrued season – but one thing that has been a distinct difference from like the Le'Veon Bell comparison is that Bell had been tagged for the second right. time. Like you said earlier, Nate, they could tag Chris Jones again next offseason and then either try to work out a deal then or tag him and then try to do a Frank Clark sort of sign a, a, a tag and trade somewhere else. Yes. Get those draft picks before the 2021 draft and and. They'll have less leverage probably than they would have had now, but they'll have another season of Chris Jones theoretically, um, and and hopefully still enough leverage to get some team to actually pay up for him if they are going to move him that way. Uh, if if it does play out that way, do you think that the do you think that the most likely outcome is tag in twenty twenty play under the tag tag next offseason and be traded or do you think that they, that would still happen again next offseason with the actual intent of getting a long-term deal done if he just has another season that looks like his last couple right so if chris jones has a season that is somewhat close to the 2019 season where he had a lot of sacks he obviously has the nfl record for a sack in consecutive games which i think was like 11 11 or 12, somewhere in there. Um, Even if he has a season like he did last year in terms of the postseason production, right? Like once he got on the field, he was a massive difference for the defense. I just feel that the Chiefs understand how valuable Chris Jones is. Here's a question that I've always come back to. Who does the coach and general manager from a philosophical, fundamental viewpoint, where do they lean more? Is it on offense or is it on defense? We all know the answer. Mm-hmm. And Chris, unfortunately, as much as he's done everything right, showing up on time last year, trying his best to set a new precedent, even though he knew the odds were basically stacked against him, um, being a good teammate. He was not a he was not an issue last year in the locker room, uh, on the field, obviously. He got hurt before the playoff run started, but obviously was healthy enough to to make a big difference, primarily in the second half of the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. Um, I just feel like the Chiefs want Chris to come back. One of the big differences between this situation and the Le'Veon Bell one, and even the uh, the, the situation going on in Jacksonville with the Ngakwe, uh, with him being on the tag, there is a level of respect between Chris Jones and the Chiefs that is very strong. Uh, everyone knows the business of football. No one's being surprised by this on either side. And so... If you're a Chiefs fan, you can have some level of optimism, understanding that, hey, maybe the Chiefs get Chris to participate at some point this season, whether that's in September, October, somewhere in there, where if there is a real season, obviously, um, he can still be the guy who he was last year. If you're a Chiefs fan, I would just say it's probably wise to only think of Chris Jones in the context of the 2020 season and knowing that he probably won't be back unless things significantly change 
from what I'm saying now, which is possible, which is definitely possible. I just feel like this is probably Chris's last year with the Chiefs. He doesn't want that. I think primarily some of the people in the Chiefs organization don't want that. But the numbers are what they are. The situation is what it is. Um, you have to pay Patrick Mahomes. I know um, my buddy Seth is going to mention a certain veteran on the offensive side of the ball that the team has decided to retain, <laughs> which is somewhat complicated all of this. But, I, you know, this is just me speaking from a wise, understandable standpoint where it's not like both sides don't like each other. It's just the system and the way it's playing out as of right now. I mean, if Chris really wants $20 million, it's probably going to have to come elsewhere because the Chiefs have made an investment to only a certain amount, and it's only in the short term. And that is because I think the team understands that the window to repeat is strong, but long term, how that affects the roster, maybe Chris Jones is not you know in that equation. Seth, how does that make you feel? I am going to say a number. Okay? Okay. $53 million. Mm-hmm. That's what the Chiefs are paying in the year 2020. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins, Anthony Hitchens, Daniel Sorensen, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, Alex Okafor, Damian Wilson, and Damian Williams. $53 million. All of those players combined aren't as important as Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Combined. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm irate. And look, here's the deal. Like, cause you know, you, you debate people on Twitter and what I finally have told a few people is, you know, there's just a good chance that the team for one reason or another, maybe they just don't view Jones the same way I do. And that's fine. I think it's stupid, but it's fine. Maybe, maybe it really is that important to them that I don't even know what, whatever it might be. That he does freelance at times, which he does. Does it hurt the team? No, not really. I've looked at the film. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Right, it just doesn't. Right. It, go yeah, back. There's, never been a, there's never been a play where you're like, wow, Chris was really out of position well, and, and it led to another team scoring exactly. a touchdown. It, it, that's the key. These plays don't exist. That's the key right there, yeah. that second part. If you can find a play where he doesn't have good gap responsibility, absolutely. You can find a few of them every game. Now, find one where it actually hurt the team, and that's where it drives me nuts. It's like this process over results crap that resulted in teams passing on Patrick freaking Mahomes, Mm -hmm. and it's stupid. If that's the reasoning, that is stupid. That is dumb. There is not a better pass rusher on the interior in the league than Jones other than Aaron Donald, and even that's close. That is close. No one else is even close to those two as far as a pure pass rusher. And he's a decent run defender. If you don't believe me because you think I'm biased, look at PFF's run grades for him. They're well, they're in the, the high end of above average or actually at the low end of high quality. That's what they've given him the last few years, okay? In run defense alone. And he's an elite pass rusher. He changes games. You know, people can say, well, they don't win the Super Bowl without Watkins. They don't get there without Jones and they don't win without Jones. Watch back to back. Watch the Chiefs against the Packers. And then the Vikings. Well, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. I don't really care. The Vikings had the best offense in the league in the month leading up to the Chiefs playing them. Watch the difference in the pass rush. Watch the difference in the pass Mm -hmm. rush in the playoffs from Houston to Tennessee, where Jones only played 42% of the snaps. It's so easy to see. And this is entirely avoidable. And And I know I'm just blowing my whole thing up right now, so there won't be any really... Whatever. But here's the thing that drives me nuts <laughs> is the people that are saying that they made a choice between Clark, Matthew, 
and Jones. They didn't have to. It didn't have to be a choice between those guys. They didn't have to. Look, I I respect Anthony Hitchens a ton. I understand he's got a bunch of knowledge. But he's getting paid $12.7 million this year. That's star linebacker money. And and, 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 and he's, he's worse than Damian Wilson. Who's getting paid? Who's still Wilson's okay, but he's a limited linebacker. He's 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 good in some respects. I'm glad he's on the team, but he's getting paid 5.4 million dollars. Alex Okafor, a, a decent defensive end that I think was a good quality signing, 7.2 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even have to bring up Watkins, uh, Dan Sorensen, 4.7 million. They just drafted a rookie That's running right. back in the first round. They're paying Damian Williams almost three million dollars, and I like Damian Williams. I like a lot of these players. It, but it just, to me, this was so avoidable. Yep. Don't rework Hitchens' contract last year to where you can move on from him this year and not pay a non-star star money. And don't bring back Sammy Watkins. Boom, the money's there. Yep, The money is absolutely 100% there. And, and you can talk Josh. about... Josh. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, Nate. <laughs> um, I, I know we've been over this several mm-hmm. times can you just remind seth who's the head coach of the kansas city chiefs it is it is andy it is andy reed now nate i'll, I'll flip go and flip back over to you why does andy reed hate chris jones so much i'm not saying he does it i'm just saying we have seven years and another what 13 14 in mm-hmm. philly where he leans a certain way i mean people are who they are and He's he's a successful Hall of Fame coach. Absolutely. I'm not trying to slander Andy Reid in no way, shape, or form. I'm just trying to give you an understanding of who the head coach is yes. and where the general manager come, came from uh, in terms of our process, you know, philosophy. Um, yep, these are hard decisions, and you're just gonna have to make them. Yep. And I'm sorry, Chiefs fans, this is the burden of winning. Be grateful that you won a Super Bowl, yeah. but this is the burden. And, and and Josh, I just I just want to remind everybody who this podcast is kind of named after. <laughs> and, and I get it. So, like, the Watkins thing, I sort of get. I really do. For as much as I complain about it, I sort of get the Watkins thing. Mm-hmm. Hitchens, absolute head scratcher. Absolute head scratcher. Well, my, my understanding of that was they knew Hitchens was – Here's the problem. And by the way, the person who told me this is Chris Jones. So just think about that from like an, a layer standpoint. But one of my best conversations with Chris last year I was explaining the idea of like, okay, how did what was it like for you? Because he really is one of the few guys who was there throughout the the deep run of of Bob Sutton and obviously the change that occurred with Steve Spagnuolo, where basically it was like him and like Reggie Ragland and Dan Sorensen mm-hmm. were like the only guys left from like. Hey, you used to, remember you used to play with like Justin Houston and like Ron Parker and Eric Berry? None of those guys are back. And so one of the things he told me, he was like, in the 2017 draft, Brett Veach basically told, you know, the guys that mattered on the team, hey, we might be looking at linebacker in the first round because they were in the late 20s. And then they moved up 17 spots and got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> now, that is sort of the issue because you thought you were getting to get this young, dynamic linebacker, a la a Patrick Queen type, right, of, of 2017. Look look whoever that player was. Um, and so to make up for that, they had to overpay Anthony Hitchens to get him to leave Dallas to come to Kansas City. Like, that was their best 
at the time, that's what they felt was the best possible solution for that problem, knowing that Derek Johnson was basically in the twilight of his career um, and was either going to retire or try to catch on for maybe one more year elsewhere, which obviously occurred with the Oakland Raiders. So because you make one decision that obviously is the right one in Patrick Mahomes, you still made a pretty good one in Anthony Hitchens. He's not a bad player. It's just you had to overpay him. So his contract always looks worse compared to what the player's production is, even though that player obviously helps you win a Super Bowl. But in swinging to all of this, when you have to overpay Anthony Hitchens, and I'm speaking in mostly, you know, contractual language, you know, numbers wise, not not the player's production. Like Anthony Hitchens is good at football, folks. I'm not saying that in any, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. saying anything other than that way, shape or form. But to get somebody in free agency to come to Kansas City, it, you know, Brett Veach learned pretty quickly I have to overpay Sammy Watkins for him to leave Los Angeles or wherever else may be bidding for him to come to Kansas City. I have to overpay Anthony Hitchens, who's leaving Dallas as a free agent, who may you know be getting offers elsewhere. So when you make that decision, that has a contractual consequence in years down the road, as again, that contract sort of grows over the lifespan of the deal, which of course affects Chris Jones. So even Chris Jones... And he told me this, I think, with full understanding. We got the right quarterback. Thank God we got the right quarterback. He was amazed, just like a lot of people were, that we got the right quarterback. This is him speaking to me. But he also knew, too, that, like, okay, well, we got Anthony, and I see the way we built the defense out, and we've used a lot of money and a lot of time and resources to that, whether that's draft pick related with Juan Thornhill, obviously free agent deals with Tyron Matthew, trading for Flint Clark. Yeah, that kind of leaves you in a very peculiar situation just because we've allocated resources there and kind of had to overpay players playing next to you, which impacts your potential to get a deal uh, squared away in a long term to stay with the Chiefs. And it's not like Brett Veach at any point, based on my understanding, has lied to Chris, has deceived him. It's just this is the way it all works out. And it's 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 deep rooted. It's you know, you try to understand to the best of your abilities. But I think all of these decisions have impacted Chris in a weird way, while also understanding, too, that, like, there is some legitimacy, some, not a ton, but some legitimacy to maybe Andy and Brett coming to Chris and his representation and saying, we obviously don't know what the salary cap is going to be next year because, dog, there ain't going to be no fans in the stands. So... How does that? What will the owners do? Will the owners pony up more money to ensure that the cap stabilizes or rises slightly? I wouldn't rule just that so out. that we're on the right, tra- just so we're on the right trajectory. Or is the damage is going to be so bad? Are we not going to play sixteen games? Are there not going to be fans in the stands? Holy crap! Are twenty percent of the players on every team going to get this? You know, virus. Like dog, we just don't know. Which is like legitimate. It's small, but it's it is legitimate. To have sort of that discussion or that sort of viewpoint, you know, around July 13th, 14th, and 15th when you reach the deadline. So I have two things. One is that in 2017, the Chiefs are picking uh, 27th, which ended up being Tredavious White. But if you're looking at uh, linebackers yep. there instead of trading up for Pat Mahomes, uh, uh, technically a guy listed as linebacker who's an edge, TJ Watt, went 30th. Which would have, which he's a good football player, um, but a an inside yes. linebacker did go with the 31st overall pick. Would have been there for the Chiefs at 27. And I think this team is better with Patrick Mahomes than it would have been with Reuben Foster. <laughs> I don't. You think, right? I don't think Reuben Foster would have turned this one around. That one's gone. I don't know if everyone's aware. That one's gone. 
pretty rough considering that he's not even with the Niners anymore. It wasn't last year either. Um, right. Yeah, he would have been a... That would have been a rough one. Been, yeah, that would have been rough. So, I, I totally... There's that. I totally hear all that. I really do. It's just unfortunate because I understand they had to overpay Hitchens, but they didn't have to redo his contract to where in 2020 he's yeah. uncuttable. And 2021, mm-hmm. too. That, that's, that's because his agent is smart. Yeah. That's because his agent was, was, was really smart. Yep, his agent his agent made a great move there. I It's just it's frustrating to me because, like you said, all these series of moves were made that affected Jones, and part of that to me feels like there's a bit of a – uh, a non a non star treatment there, hundred percent. Right? Can Where I can I throw like, this out to you, Seth? And because I mm-hmm. I think this is a a path you're headed down. We've heard Brett Veach talk about how signing Chris and signing Pat are top priorities, and they haven't treated Chris Jones as an actual priority. That word has been thrown around. I've heard reports from lots of people that you know they want to keep yep. Chris Jones. I mean, we've talked about that here, but they haven't shown that and so even for while while Andy Reid is an offensive guy and I'm not taking I I wouldn't have brought Sammy Watkins back I mean we've been over that um but I'm not taking Sammy Watkins's money Mm -hmm. not not only not only is if we just keep on the defensive side you can even say Anthony Hitchens needed to overpay to get to stabilize the defense all right well they restructured it and shouldn't have but they did okay to Seth's point earlier they also they also get said we would rather give Frank Clark this contract, even though it's going to take a first-round pick to get him to Kansas City at all, than give that money to Chris Jones. And and I, I'd be happy for either of you to tell me that I'm wrong on this, but for all of the exercises that every website is doing in the midst of a, of a terrible <laughs> offseason, where everyone's like, all right, so what if every player was draftable again? Patrick Mahomes is going 1-1, like in a full league draft. I think the next right. chief to go might be Chris Jones. Because of, because of scarcity of elite talent at that position, Aaron Donald's the first defensive player off the board. Maybe it's Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. but I think it's probably Mahomes, Hill, and Jones, maybe not even in that order. And, and for them mm-hmm. to say, we're prioritizing all these other guys first, to, to Seth's point, is really I odd. Can, and like, I, I, I like, I I like Eric speak, Fisher, right? I can speak to Clark a little. I would, I would love for when you I get to, a chance, to sorry. kind of compare those. No, that's fine. I'll let you have it. But like... I, I like Eric Fisher. I think Eric Fisher is perennially, perennially underrated. I know he's on the offensive side of the ball, so I'm breaking yes. my own rule here. But if cutting Eric Fisher next year is what it takes to keep Chris Jones, I wouldn't even I wouldn't hesitate. If if not restructuring Anthony Hitchens and cutting him was the thing that kept it, it, it that you needed to do to, to keep Chris Jones, I wouldn't hesitate. If I could get that first round pick back and never sign Frank Clark to keep Chris Jones, I would do that. And the Chiefs have disagreed at, at every at every step. The one guy who I don't think would go as highly as Chris Jones in a total redraft, but is has been around that important for the defense, I think, is Tyron Matthew. And so I'm not I'm not trying to argue about him because he's been super important, obviously, for a variety of reasons. Yep. Um, right. But yeah, I just there, I just think there are so many examples of that, Seth, that where where it's not the star treatment going to Jones. And if you want to speak to that, and then also kind of comparing it to what they did for Clark, I, I would be very interested to hear that. Sure. And so I'll actually, I'll start with, with, well, no, I'll start with how you suggested, because like you said, the star treatment, all that kind of stuff. 
I understand the the curve towards offense. The Watkins thing does bother me, even though Reed is a more offensive-oriented coach, because in my opinion, you've got a really talented third guy in Demarcus Robinson who's shown he can do some things, yeah. and then you've got McCole Hardman just waiting in the wings. Yeah. Um, and then yep. you've got guys that have shown, they showed last year, you know, Dieter and Pringle are those guys you want on the field constantly? No, but they've shown they can go out there and not embarrass themselves. That's all you need in your fourth and fifth receivers. And so with Watkins, I don't see him necessarily raising the ceiling of the offense that much. But I understand, you know, it is what it is. With regards to, it's frustrating to see that it appears as though they planned a bunch of these moves around Mahomes and not around Jones. They were trying to do this, 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 and this. And that's frustrating for me because I do think Jones is a foundational player. And and that's incredibly frustrating because I agree I think he's probably it's a it's a coin flip I think between him and and Ty Hill because Hill mm-hmm. has become and we've talked about this I think he's got an argument for the best receiver in the league. Um, yeah, real quick counter and, real and, quick counterpoint to that is that I think there are probably five receivers you can make a really strong argument for there, and then maybe exactly. ten that you can make an optimistic argument for. I think it might be. I mean, it's less than five. It's Aaron Donald and then Chris yeah, Jones. I think. Am I, and, and maybe. Yeah, you've 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 got three or four other guys that you could maybe talk about. But yeah. in terms of pass rush, there's yeah. no debate. Yeah. And so, and and people want to talk about run defense. It's like, look, he's above average run defender. Give me the best pass rusher all day. That's right. That's right. So the 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 part the the part that I get the most frustrated about is when people make it sound like it was a choice between Clark and Jones. And there are there are aspects to that that are quite accurate. So to go to the Clark and Jones thing, and when I say people, I'm not talking about you, Josh, because mm-hmm. you are right in terms of, you know, if they don't do Clark, they absolutely can do Jones, right? right. And and it's been With, and it's been widely reported that that is a starting point. So I do think it's a part of yeah, the equation. Yeah, his deal yeah, is it's valid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm curious, had they managed to get Chris re-signed to a new deal prior to trading for Clark? You know, I wonder if he would have been willing to do 18 per, you know, or something like that. Who knows, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I know Clark, from everything he says and everything I've heard, has all the respect in the world for Chris Jones and the other way, and it goes yep. both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, The thing with Clark that I, I, I don't mind them bringing him in even if there's just so much that went into it in terms of mentality and in terms of Spagnolo's scheme. And, and I've never really liked, though, Jones isn't a fit. I, I don't care about that. I mean, in terms of what Spagnolo wants from his defensive ends, how great Clark does fit there, and how Spagnolo wants to build his defense. I get why he wanted Frank Clark, and I think it paid off. You know, I actually wrote about how Clark was kind of the closer in a lot of late fourth quarter action, right? And I think he, along with Matthew, um, are more the tone setters on the defense than Jones. And, you know, analytically, we can try to, you know, scoff at the idea that tone setters matter. But I think we saw that they do, right? Mm -hmm. Even in ways you can't fully quantify. Um, So I don't mind that they went out and got Clark. It obviously worked out really, really, really well. And if that were the, if it really were a, a choice between Clark and Jones, I would probably choose Jones, um, but I can understand why they would choose Clark, right? The part that drives me the most crazy is that I really think it didn't have to come to that. I see all these other mid-level moves or paying guys a certain amount of money, and that's where my frustration comes from the most, is that it didn't have to come to this. 
And when people paint it as though it's it's a binary choice between those two, that's where it gets frustrating for me. It's like, well, no, there were three or four other moves. Like what, what you talked about, Nate, they all kind of come together to Jones. Had they been planning yep. around keeping Jones, this all could have been avoided. And it feels like it feels like he really got treated. They It seems like they planned things around keeping Sammy. It seems like they planned things mm. around keeping Hitchens. They planned things around all the, you know what I mean? And Jones mm. was kind yeah, of the yeah. outside mm-hmm. guy. He has not been treated like a foundational player. And I can see, even though Veach has been honest with them, they, it's kind of been like, dude, we like you. We think you're great. But, you know, these are our guys. And he has seems to fall just outside the circle of trust. Mm. So I have I have three quick things to mention uh, based on this, this really good discussion about trying to understand you know the 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 30,000 foot you know point of all of this um the first thing is i'm i'm sure fans are sort of asking okay and i may have not gotten to this earlier but like okay what are the chiefs going to do from a number standpoint right um what i reported i think back in training camp last year when chris did report was something along the lines of like right around where he is now somewhere in that 16 to 17 million range um, I'm not sure if that's really changed much. I haven't really got a, a, a strong grasp on like what's the number mm-hmm. being put out for Chris. Just because I'm not sure a number has been put out for Chris. I think that's uh-huh. I guess the bigger point in all of this is like you know, um, 16.1 on a franchise tag is probably where they feel comfortable at if they were to do a long term deal versus the 20 to 21, maybe even 22 million um, if they were you know Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. Right. Second, yes, at the Combine, the last time I traveled on this job, um, <laughs> Brett Veach did mention that Chris Jones is a priority. He said that very clear. Yep. Uh, again, there has been really no instances where I feel like Brett Veach has like flat out lied to us. Like he is not Dave Gettleman mm-hmm. uh, Chiefs fans. <laughs> um, so, so by the way, I've taken shots at Jerry Jones and, and Gettleman in, in like two minutes. Um, but So he hasn't done that yet, but think about it from this context. I think when fans hear priority, even for like someone like me who heard it the first time in like you know late February, early March, okay, Chris Jones is a priority, cool. You stick that on a quote, you run with it, you put it on Twitter, website, whatever. We always think long-term with that. Is it? My question for everybody is, when he says Chris Jones is a priority, is he only specifically talking about the 2020 season? Because the first issue there, when I remember asking Brett about Clark and the understanding of like, okay, what does Clark Hunt want to do? What do you want to do? What does Andy want to do? This is a three-person sort of uh, decisions that they have to come to, is that we have to figure out what the salary cap is. So they needed the CBA to be ratified and approved. You know, Thankfully, that, mm-hmm. that occurred for the Chiefs in their standpoint because it really helped them at least retain everybody, mm-hmm. including Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Um, but within that, okay, Chris is a priority for now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the farther I've gotten away from that quote, the more I've thought about, is that a short-term priority versus what a general audience will think? Oh, if he's a priority, much like Pat, like he'll be here for the next, at least the next four or five years. Okay, cool. But in reality, the franchise tag keeps him on the team for this year, and that's all they've done. Literally, that is all they've done, folks. Mm-hmm. And it's up to Chris as to whether he wants to sign that deal and play it out. And this gets to my third and final point. The Chiefs locker room last year was one of the more underrated things that, you know, I tried to report on to some degree, but it's just hard because it's not a tangible. It's not a statistic that you can just run out there. It's not even something for, like, Seth where you can see it play out on film. Like, 
a locker room and the culture within it, it, it it's hard to get at. But, you know, my part of my job is to try to make people understand that. So I've written stories about some of the relationships in the locker room, obviously how the guys come together, um, their love of even basketball. But ultimately, a championship roster has to stay together. So there's a reason why the team was down 10 or more points in three straight playoff games and won all of them. Because they're a tight-knit group. They're, they're not people that are going to be like, you know, there really was no – um, dysfunction mm-hmm. from what I saw last year. Right. So now, if you're a Chiefs fan, how much can the bond and the relationship, and I'm just going to name a few players, Crank Clark, Tyron Matthew, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, how much can those guys get Chris to understand that while this may not be exactly what he wants, he still gets to play football with his friends. He still gets to make more money than he has ever made in his career thus far. Mm-hmm. This is essentially a one last dance opportunity. And if no deal gets done on July 15th, how much will that play a factor as to when Chris does maybe report to camp or to the team at some point this year? If he, you know, I think his I think the the logical move is for him to hold out at least Sometime during training camp, hell, maybe all preseason. Mm-hmm. But how much can those guys get in his ear to sort of explain to him, like, you know, we love you. It's a messed up situation for you personally. But, like, look what we just did last year. And it's not like you're going to go play for a terrible team. And, you know, he made up – Chris made a point last year to not be a distraction at training mm-hmm. camp. And it was really noble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. really noble in the business of football, which is very harsh, folks. How much can those guys explain to him and give him some incentive to come back? Because it won't be Andy Reid. It won't be Brett Veach if they don't get a deal done. It won't even be Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt could call Chris Jones, but at some point, as a man, you understand why there's um, decisions being made. But if Chris Jones comes back and – does the good soldier for another year, it will largely be because of the guys in the locker room alongside him. That all makes sense. It's just gross. You, the, the franchise tag thing. That's a really good point. Um, I, I was talking about this somewhere about the two sides to this argument, right? Cause Chris obviously has a really strong leg to stand on. He's an awesome player, right? He's been an awesome player multiple years in a row. He's done everything the right way. He's you know, a good teammate, all this stuff. Um, wildly impactful. Unfortunately for him, the team has some legs to stand on too in terms of, for one, you know, the coronavirus thing. We, they don't really know what's going to happen. I'm guessing if they lose a significant portion of revenue and all this stuff, I'm guessing the owners will try to figure out a way to make the cap not like crater just because that would impact so many teams and coming off a weird season the last thing they're going to want is a bunch of fans being unhappy because a bunch of players got cut although Mm -hmm. that could (laughs) that could bring a lot of interest in the league like you know seven you know 25 percent of the league is now free agent that'd be wild right um but they they the the other leg they have to stand on is that the the franchise tag is 16.1 million it's not it's it's set at a certain level. It's not the second year. They are not. It's not Le'Veon Bell's situation. That that is a crucial difference, and for two reasons. 
One, because the dollar amount's much lower, right? Like next year, it would be like 20 million or something, 21 million. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't remember how much it rises. It's like 25% or some other thing, like whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's a significant, it's lift, in the, tw- and it's in the right? 20 range next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a big, it's a big jump. So that's, that's one deal. And so right now, what teams usually do, my understanding, is they look at what they can do for the next two years, and that's their starting point. It's like, well, look, we can franchise you this year and next year for way cheaper than what you're talking about. Um, and then the other the other side of things is that Bell, when he threatened to hold out, had been on the franchise tag the year before, which means he'd already gotten like a $12, 13000000 million payday. That's right. Whereas yeah. Chris Jones has made $6 million over four years. Now, that's a lot of money, obviously. However, when you are doing some of the things he's done, which good for him, you know, he you know bought his parents a house, bought his these things are expensive, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when you've never, and I'm not criticizing his decision, just to make totally 100 percent clear, not criticizing. No, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a, a legitimate thing. Discussion. It's just like he, yeah, but like wealth. Does Chris Jones have wealth? Like, and I, I wrote this in yep. regards to Tyreek Hill's deal, right? Tyreek Hill for. The path of which he got there got generational wealth last year with his contract. Mm-hmm. And that is essentially what any NFL player is striving to get to after their rookie deal. Which is why the franchise tag is one of the most diabolical mechanisms yeah. in right. all of American sports. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, hey man, you beat the system. Hey, you beat half the league. Hey, you've been awesome. Like, you are in the top 5% because you're an all-pro Pro Bowler, a really good starter. Guess what? Yep. You can't get generational wealth this year because we're kind of going to short streak you. Yep. But at right. the same time, dog, you're still going to get paid more than you've ever been before. Yep. But also, you're going to be a year older. And by the way, like, there's new kids coming in every year at your same yep. position. And like, why would a team take money on for you now when they just get a younger, cheaper option on a rookie scale deal <laughs> next year? Which, again, is why the franchise tag is one of the most diabolical it, mechanisms in all of sports. But, but Chris so Jones has not reached... He's not reached wealth Correct. in terms of NFL economics. Yeah. You're talking nearly three times his career earnings, and that puts him in a different boat than Bell. Now, he seems like a prideful guy, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Uh, I mean that as a guy who might just say, well, I know what I'm worth. But the problem is on the franchise tag, another way they make it diabolical is this deadline thing, right? To yep. where if they made it to where any time on the franchise tag you could sign a new deal— well, players would be incentivized to hold out. That's why the owners don't want that. Whereas now, it's like, sure, you can hold out, dude, but what do you want us to do? We can't sign you to a long-term deal anymore. So yeah. you're only, if you want to turn down a million bucks a week, I guess that's your call. And that is, to use your word, that's diabolical. It's very well-crafted from the owner's perspective, the franchise tag, because it's just enough money to where players kind of got to take it. That's why they so rarely sit out. So I don't know. It's diabolical. This is a bit tangential, but at least in relation to how diabolical this thing that's built in for the ownership is, I'm I'm going to just say this mostly to people who I know aren't listening to this show, so maybe it's missing the point, (laughs) because I genuinely believe, maybe this is an indictment on how smart I think all three of us are, how smart and also handsome and eloquent and talented um, and humble, but I think that people who listen to this show are probably past this thing that is driving me bleeping bonkers at this point and I might just be sharing <laughs> Chiefs articles on, on Chiefs Facebook pages now and seeing too many comments in the comment sections but can we please 
not make this about tire about 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 Chris Jones doing the greedy athlete thing. Can we just not everybody? Can we all be cool for a second? Also, if you're like, well, the the Chiefs have every right to franchise tag him this year and next. Yeah, dude, we all know. Like th- that is in the CBA. Chris Jones didn't make that, and he has outperformed his contract in a way that is no kidding. Maybe the most aggressive example of it for a non-quarterback since Aaron Donald and the value that he is is actually worth and would be worth on the open market is so astronomically beyond his franchise tag not on a yearly basis but on a guaranteed money basis and on a long-term yes. pro- uh, probable money basis this isn't about 16 versus 20 this year it's about 16 versus 100 or or at least the the guarantee of 50, 60, 65 yeah, million it would, dollars, it would be perhaps? Around, it would be around the 60 million if he got something similar to the Frank Clark situation. So this is a a incredibly... The, the year-to-year number might be deceiving, but it is it is so much incredibly larger than that in the grander scale. And Chris Jones is doing something that you would do, which is that if you had if you had joined in on a company, and by the way, you were drafted and then sent to that city, and then you had a slotted deal you had to sign, and then you way outperformed that for your company. How many times did you not go to your boss and be like, hey, can I have more money? No. Okay. Hey, can I have more money now? No. What about now? If I don't get it now, can I can I go? Can I just leave? Actually, no. We're not going to give you all that money that you've earned, but we are going to keep you here and give you a nice raise for this year. That would be maddening if you are as good at your job as Chris Jones is at his. Right. So all I'm asking is for just and- like some general understanding there. Right. And you're at the same company and you understand that someone got promoted um yeah to a place where you like not to being be. as good as you or or being or being equal just just like i just want to be on the equal level as my friend colleague who is also like pretty damn good at their job in their department mm-hmm. right so like think of frank mm-hmm. clark frank clark is in sales um in four right. years in seattle frank clark sold 34 or excuse me 35 sacks um right in four years <laughs> in the marketing department chris jones made 33 deals of sacks <laughs> so like mm-hmm. <laughs> you just want to be around the same same level like that's what it comes down to right Honestly, and they had to pay a fee to bring that other guy in and transfer him in right. from seattle right why did you sales, bring that guy in you have right. me because your sales department was like trash or had to be completely like over <laughs> right <laughs> had to be, that, that does help the analogy it does. Be, it's like, like okay sure we needed that dude but what about all these other guys that are you know in hr that don't do jack squat that we're paying all this money to right, right. that's all shout that, out to hr hr everywhere. hr is like corn Cornerbacks, you don't need them until you need them. Oh shoot, we ain't got no quarterbacks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh crap! I knew we need. That's a really good analogy. Um, oh my so god, he's wide I, open. Where's totally the cornerback? <laughs> HR. HR. Where's our HR? How did HR screw this? Yeah, that guy can't say that How? to her. We, yeah. we need HR. <laughs> Yeah, Michael um, Thomas is running down no, the that, sideline in the Super Bowl, and it's like, oh, it's the Christmas party. Oh, God, everyone's hammered. Yeah. <laughs> Where's HR? <laughs> why Why isn't there an HR rep here to put a stop to this? <laughs> so that, that's it's a really good analogy, and people should understand that. This is the way it works. It is a business. This is their job. And and you can say, well, I would be very happy with $16 million. I understand you would. So would I. How not as valuable as Chris time. Jones, though. Sorry, folks. I'm not either. <laughs> yes, but, and, and also, you got to keep in mind, when you think about your career 
even if you're excellent at your career, all of us work in jobs. I'm going to do what I'm doing till I'm in my 60s, right? Mm-hmm. I have I have 30 more this years. Is, Josh, if you make an age this joke, is, I This swear is to the God. biggest point. Ding, um, ding, ding. D- go sorry, on. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll explain why I wasn't going to make a joke in a second. I'll, I'll hold off and then I'll explain why I wasn't going to make a joke. Yeah. Sure. So there's we we have 30, 40 years in our careers. These guys, they never know when their career is going to end. They, they also, every pro athlete that I've ever spoken to other than people that came from like other pro athletes, families or wealthy families, like the Studebakers or something, you know, everyone that I've ever spoken to, they have a lot of family members relying on them a lot and they need to maximize their earning in a very, very short window because most former athletes don't go on to become really successful broadcasters. You know, sometime if you get a chance, ask Jeff Schwartz on Twitter how hard it's been to make leeway. And he's a funny guy who writes pretty well and knows a ton about football. It's hard to make money after football. And so you have to maximize because you are not just making it. They do not do the same career you and I do. They can't just be like, well, I'll make a lot more when I'm 50. No, they're going to be making almost nothing when they're 50. So this has to be Or nothing compared to what what they're making now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they might, you know, if they're in the league long enough, I think there's some pension, and and that's great. I mean, that's much better than most jobs. But like Josh said, you're not as valuable to your company. You don't make the same amount of money for your company unless there might be like one or two of you who are listening that does. I doubt it. No Mm -hmm. disrespect to you. But unless you're a salesman who's generating millions and millions and millions for your company, you're just not. And then there's also that much shorter window. So we should be sympathetic to Jones. I will say on a side note, though, one thing that I will say is that being sympathetic to Jones doesn't need to conflate with thinking that he is maybe right in the strategy here, even though I understand his frustration. The problem is there's no strategy available to him, right? right. There's just not you, – you can do it for another year exactly what he did last year. Him sitting out for a year and like kind of looking at Le'Veon Bell as the template. I know Bell, when he talks on Twitter, he really thinks that he made out ahead right. with what he did, mm-hmm. right? He, mm-hmm. he was clear on that. He's like, oh, you've never looked at an NFL contract. You don't know. All due respect to Le'Veon Bell, his, the numbers are very public here. Mm-hmm. He did not make back the $16 million he lost or the $15 mm-hmm. million he lost. He did not. He absolutely did not. He also didn't get the money that he was reportedly asking for in the first place. So with Jones, who plays a much more valuable position and is, is is a much more important player, maybe that won't happen. But that's another aspect that makes the franchise tag so diabolical that if you sit out for a year, it's going to be hard to make up that 16 mil guaranteed. Yeah. And odds are you'll lose a little bit, even if you end up getting the deal that you wanted, right? Yeah. And that's the problem. That, that 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 exists for them is it's a it's it's in a lot of ways it's a first world problem blah 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 all that I get it a lot of people would do anything to be there Jones has worked his tail off to be here mm-hmm. but there's really not an option for him and sitting out for a year he will probably end up slightly financially behind which is unfortunate yeah. um, two things on that one the reason that I didn't make a joke about you already working okay. into your sixties was honestly I my hand to God I said seriously you said that and I thought. God, there's no chance I'm going to be able to retire in my 60s. <laughs> that was my actual incredibly, incredibly <laughs> depressing thought was that. Um, oh, sure. The one other thing that I would add, because I, I look, I, I think both of you have sort of said, hey, hey, what I think makes the most sense is no deal by the 15th. There could be, probably not. 
and then sit out training camp. There's not a new defense being installed this year or anything like that like there was last year. He's not under contract, so he won't get fined. Don't sign the tag. Sign the tag on September 9th or whatever. Um, or, you know, or miss a couple games. I don't know. But then return to play, get your million bucks a week, and then try again next offseason. The one wrinkle in it that I haven't seen really anybody else talk about that I just think is worth noting is what if we do get to September 1st and things look like they do for the MLS and NBA and maybe even baseball right now, and they're going, oh, man, we thought we had a good coronavirus plan, Mm -hmm. and now some tests are starting to pop up, Mm -hmm. and everyone's kind of tugging at their collar a little bit, it it might be it might it might get a lot easier. Maybe you see somebody opt out of the season who's not doing it for for contract purposes. I'm not saying that's extremely likely at this point. I don't know, but I do think it's a wrinkle that we're not really talking about that that could come into play. Just worth noting. Yep, that's all. It's. It, I mean, do you guys want to talk about uh, you want to talk about something else for two minutes? Sure. You guys heartbroken over half of a preseason and maybe maybe no preseason? Oh, my God. The preseason got cut from four games to two, and it definitely isn't going to be more than two, and it could be less than two. Heartbroken? Yeah. yeah I, I Shout out to our buddy Pete Sweeney because he texted me immediately upon this news yesterday <laughs> about the preseason cutting half, and he was like, praise Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, even for like, like if you're a season ticket holder, are you like really mad? Because like you'd no, I guess you you no, have to pay. You're you ha- getting your money back. Yeah, you have to pay those tickets as if they're real games, which is like the most again one of the most diabolical things the NFL does. So diabolical. <laughs> but like, so my 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 short real thought on this is like it's smart. Um, this is player union driven, which makes a lot of sense based on all the information we have about the coronavirus. Um, if I was a fan, I would anticipate one preseason game, which is crazy because obviously mm-hmm. most teams have like 90 man rosters. And hey, you got to make decisions from like 45 to like 55 on terms of the roster based on the new CBA. So that that'll suck. But I think we'll get from probably two to one game because my understanding in talking to uh, a number of people around the league is like, hey, you need at least one preseason game so that everybody can get to some level of football shape. And so you can go mm-hmm. through your protocols and sort of readjust them or strengthen them based on what you learn um, from 16 preseason games, right? At least 16. Like, you may get 32 if you obviously play a two-week preseason schedule. But they're going to have to go through at least one preseason game. I my, my The odds, I would think, lean heavily towards one versus two. Um, but it makes sense. And, I mean, it's crazy, but, like, for Chiefs fans who've waited 50 years to win a Super Bowl, to hang a banner, to see a ring ceremony, guess what, guys? Nobody's going to be in Arrowhead Stadium on September 10th who isn't employed by the Texans and the Chiefs. That's it, kids. Yeah. Sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're playing one to two preseason games. Ain't nobody going to be there for those, and probably ain't nobody going to be there on September 10th if we actually get to September 10th with a real NFL game on live broadcast via NBC with an empty stadium because um, the coronavirus continues to dominate the 2020 year. I just hope we get to September 10th like as a world at this point. 
I just hope fair, we completely fair. Cross into the month of <laughs> at September. At the rate at the rate we're currently going, I could be wrong about the numbers, but I think literally everyone in the United States will have gotten it by then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not saying I'm rooting for that, but yeah. like, man, I saw a report. <laughs> This is gallows humor, okay? This is how child protection attorneys make it through the day. We have gallows humor. But, like, I saw a report that was like, you know, we're going to get up to 100,000 a day. And I started doing the math. I was like, dang, like... That's everybody. (laughs) That's That's like everybody, which, like, will be obviously not good. But, like, once you're through, then I guess you're like, well, now what? There's also a report that I saw uh, a doctor was talking about it um, a couple days ago, and he was like, yeah, so especially for people that are getting it asymptomatically, the antibodies aren't as strong and don't last as long. So, shrug, we're still working on it. I was like, oh, yeah. well, that shrug. is also very that is bad. That is the best summary of everything. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> that, we don't That's know. what he said. That's, that's, my, that's my paraphrasing of a doctor who is, uh, whose notes I do not have in front of me at the moment. But, yeah, not great. Yeah. No, the whole thing is the whole thing, man. It's just no one really knows. And that's where, like you said, yeah, September 10th, it feels like a long way away. Um, and so much, I mean, crud, how much has everything changed from month to month? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just been so bizarre. So I have no idea what will happen. I still think there's so much money on the line. They'll find a way to make it happen, but probably without fans. Yeah. Um, You know, and so, yeah, but that's, <laughs> maybe they'll do the cardboard cutout thing and... <laughs> I I, can we get can oh. we all the three of us all go in on one and just have like a three just have a uh, a Severus that's the that's <laughs> are they the dog right people to do that of course they oh, are yeah. Seb. we gotta we gotta have new av- revenue streams baby we gotta find water somewhere <laughs> turn that faucet <laughs> on somebody needs to turn understand. on the faucet we need water okay how we gonna pay Patrick Mahomes <laughs> we ain't got no water. Also, if someone wants to Photoshop the three of our faces onto a Cerberus, I left out the first R. I think I would love. I would love that. That's the. It's the Times R's three-headed devil dog. Uh, I would like to just get the three of us all sharing one cardboard cutout. I think that would be ideal. They're gonna charge you, know you for I, everything. I'd put, I'd put my face on there. Everything. No, look. it's so. It, it's just. Oh. As uh, I know, Daniel hates this, but like as a recording, um, Pro Football Talk has a has a report out that hey hey. We might change Arrowhead to get this money going, kids. We gotta get money. <laughs> I need a corporate sponsor to get me a new revenue stream. We gotta swim, yeah. baby. Yeah. I just gonna, if they that, put ads in the jerseys, so I'm gonna vom. I'm gonna vomit all over the place. I. You know what? I yeah. Fair enough. I just, you know, I guess get those checks, you know. Get them checks. If someone, if someone was willing to pay me to rename my office from Seth's office to, you know, you know, Capital whatever, one. you know, man, manscape, manscape location, Park yeah. Rapids, you know, yeah. or whatever, right? Manscape is a company, people, you know, or whatever. I I would do it, <laughs> even if it was like twenty bucks. I'd be like, sure, why not? Let's but you honest. wouldn't tattoo it onto. You wouldn't sew a patch onto every item of clothing you own. You, <laughs> you could depends not, on you the amount not, of money at stake here. You could, you could well, pay me enough to stitch something onto every item oh, of yeah, clothing I but own. But I'm not saying I'm not saying that's eight million dollars to you. It's eight million dollars to Clark Hunt, which is what he has on a toilet paper roll. <laughs> like he's just wiping with undos. <laughs> And then flushing them with a very powerful toilet rich, that I imagine is made of solid gold. 
<laughs> rich people don't stay rich by giving money away, y'all. No, they, they don't. They they, they stay rich no, no. by getting them checks. <laughs> they're gonna Clark, they're gonna scrape the Lamar Hunt memorial patch off the front of the Chiefs jerseys and then just put some golden arches on there, and I'm gonna yep. barf for a month. And I I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna I'm going to watch that while petting my bald eagle and screaming America and saying, look at what makes us great. <laughs> hey, no. Lamar, we love you. I we won't actually pet you. a bald eagle. That's illegal. I would never touch a bald eagle. <laughs> hey, um, Lamar, we, we loved you. You, you. This whole thing is all kind of in your heart. We love you. We got to get that patch off there so we can get ragu chunky spaghetti sauce <laughs> on our jersey. Get that paper. So, you know what? So if Clark, <laughs> hold on. If you're... If you're Mark Donovan, who I have a, an immense amount of respect for, because like the Chiefs business, as you can tell, has been booming. Oh, here's what here's what Mark Donovan's doing. You leak out the Chiefs as an organization. You leak out the idea that hey, J E H A, hey, the presenting sponsor for the franchise. Hey, you know that it's G E H A. I'm glad to know that's that advertising works though. I mean, hey, you know, you know, we we got you to be the presenting sponsor for like our brand new hip. You know, yep. you know, show behind the scenes of the Chiefs. Hey, we won the Super Bowl. Can we put yep. your name on the stadium for more money? And then <laughs> Mark Donovan or someone in the Chiefs department calls Sprint or Cerner and says, "Hey, yep. price just went up. Mm-hmm. You want you want to put that? You want to put you want to put Sprint on Arrowhead? <laughs> Arrowhead presented by Sprint." <laughs> No, that's oh, fine. G E H A on the stadium is fine. I don't give a bleep about the stadium name. The stadium name will be whatever at Arrowhead. It's fine. I don't care. Whenever that logo, whenever I get a Walgreens logo on the Chiefs jerseys, uh, that's too far for me. Hey Sprint, that's too far hey, for me. Hey Sprint CEO, I hear you're. I hear you've loved doing business with the Chiefs. You guys got suites, probably. Hell, you've been at a couple community events. Do you want Chris Jones to get a new deal? Because I need you to put your name on this stadium right now. <laughs> Put it on the stadium. Put it on the stadium. That's fine. That's fine. I, I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes I need it on the jerseys. holding the Lombardi trophy. I need it on the helmets. <laughs> I need it on the shoulder pads. I need time. it on the towels. You know, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is hoisting his seventh Lombardi trophy, and there's a Nike logo. And when there should be the Lamar Hunt AFL patch, instead, no. instead there's there's an uh, an ad there for Gugon. What are we doing? Is it yes. just? Is it just? I love it. Look, I know they're so. And this, I, I, Josh, this is why this is why these people will be able to retire in their sixties, my friend. They are gonna get those checks. I, I know. I know they're like socially distancing and like they're doing all the protocols necessary at, at one arrowhead drive i do not want to give the implication that the chiefs are not handling their business correctly but can you imagine the franticness going on <laughs> these last couple of weeks being like hey i know we got to take vacation i know july is usually when things wind down get everybody on the phone see if we can get new money see if we can get more money just go 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 there won't be a fan in the stands <laughs> This is a great quote from someone. Just look at the naming rights for Arrowhead as money they give to Patrick Mahomes to make you feel better. <laughs> That's fine until until we get to Patrick, your 19th consecutive Super Bowl MVP, an incredible run for you. Um, also, uh, your jersey right there, where there was a nice little a nice little old school patch honoring the founder of the AFL in this franchise. Now there's a patch for come and go convenience stores. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Because hey, it makes me sad. The regional convenience store presented local sponsor for your Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, the regional, 
Yeah, yeah. High V's is gonna drop twenty oh, mil. High V's <laughs> like, oh no, sir, no rebound. Oh hell no. We high V, okay? Mitch Holtis is at one of our locations every Monday after we get these dubs. Yep. That's where it's gonna be. Can can do you remember where Patrick Mahomes' cereal came from? Hey, get get High V on the phone. Turn the faucet on. Give me a new revenue stream. I gotta get this water because we out here dying of thirst. I've got it, guys. I've got it. The Kansas City Chiefs and Arrowhead Stadium brought to you by The Athletic. <laughs> now, look, we got some money, but I don't know, dog. <laughs> Ooh, this uh, I mean, this is, you know, this this is going to be, um, uh, let me get our lawyers on that, uh, Seth. Yeah, that's a joke that <laughs> Seth feels comfortable making, apparently. I'm going to try to find some other companies. You came here for Chris Joe's talk and found out, you know, the inner the inner minds of uh, of, of Chiefs's uh, financial department as they try to figure out ways <laughs> to continue to make more money and continue to try to win Super Bowls, whether Chris Jones is on the team or not. Look to, oh, yeah, that's what you've done. How that's what I'm you've sad done, man. Seth. Look at. Oh, I can't look anything other than the jersey patch. I'm here for put the ads, put the ads on the tarps covering empty seats, put it on the stadium. That's fine. But if there ends up being a, a bank logo on the side of a helmet, I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to be inconsolable. <sighs> Is it does it say something about me as a person that I'm sort of rooting for it now? Just so I hope I, they I hope they I trade Chris Jones here. tomorrow. I hope they trade Chris <laughs> Jones tomorrow. Just on a side damn. note, if they traded Chris Jones for Jamal Adams, that would be like one scenario where I'd be like, okay, still not happy. I prefer Jones, but Jamal Adams has a better contract right, situation. Not do that. And That's not they're not gonna you know what, Josh? You know what? Just because you're upset with me about the whole helmet concept. Think about how think about how nice a big honking orange Home Depot logo would look on the Chiefs uniform. Yum 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 yum. Well, you'd have to pick out something that makes sense in terms of color. You don't. You, know, you don't. Knows? I'm a Suns fan. You know what's on their jerseys? PayPal. <laughs> PayPal. I root for a team with PayPal jerseys. The Cleveland Cavaliers have a Goodyear logo. Oh, okay, so fair enough. So you don't need to make those things work. I'm just looking around my office trying to figure out, you know, what what they could what could sponsor them. Who knows? Hey, here's you know one. What? Hey, you know who hey, do you guys know who sponsors the Clippers? Bumble the dating app. Patrick Mahomes <laughs> wins another Super Bowl brought to you by Bumble <laughs> on his jersey. Go to hell! <laughs> People are lonely, Josh. I don't understand why you don't want them. To I get would their love Arrowhead Stadium brought to you by Bumble. They're, they're just... That would be great. Look, keep it off the jerseys. Empower. I don't need a Harley Davidson logo like the Milwaukee Bucks actually have. Empower. Look, Bumble empowers women, and, and I'm all for that. So you know, if they want, if they I'm not anti-Bumble. I don't want their bleep on the team's jersey. <laughs> You know, and the ironic Honestly, part to all this is some company is going to pay like $10 million oh, and everyone's still going to call it Arrowhead Stadium. Of course, Stadium. this is the, this like, is the thing. I mean, look, look, look. It's the stupidest spending of money. Look, Mark Donovan's so like, look, 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 look. Just listen to me. Look, listen to me. I know there's been almost 50 years of Arrowhead to, to, to live upon. I, I get that. I know we all love calling it Arrowhead, but I'm telling you, Adidas, 
we can make this Adidas Arrowhead, baby. Like there ain't like you already got Pat on the books. That ain't gonna change. Just let's let synergy. Synergy is a big word we use around here. Synergy. And also you giving me a lot of money because ain't no fans gonna be in the stadium. You know, and you know, if they did if they did that with another company that like starts with an A, then they could call it the double A stadium brought to you by Duracell and you can double your money. <laughs> But the I'm first gonna go ahead and dub this. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and yeah, the Adidas Arrowhead Duracell Stadium at Lambeau. Wait a second, why? It's not in. This isn't Lambeau. I don't know. Just thought mile, mile High Arrowhead Stadium of Adidas brought to you by Duracell at Lambeau Field in Chicago. What? None of what's going on? <laughs> I'm going to dub this the Chris Jones emergency pod and then if you want to read about Nate on Damian Williams, Seth on Steve Spagnuolo's year two, Nate on the guy who is KC Wolf, I mean if you're a kid listening on KC Wolf, also don't read it if you're 12, uh, actually if you're 12 you should, you, I mean you should know um, if you're like 7, it's he's a real wolf and uh, and look Nate, sometime before the season starts, we're all going to talk about the 2004 <laughs> Patriots, alright, we're going to do it, I promise hey, we're going to do it, I only spent months working on it and hey, if you read it, shout out to you dog oh, uh, I just want everybody to know such a great article we, we gotta, <laughs> I just want everybody to remember Chris Jones is in a very complicated situation with no real options really given to him whatsoever and the Chiefs are still trying to find a way to turn on a, a monetary faucet, just just and here's what I want. Here's what I'd like to end on for stitch, myself. Maybe he could stitch advertising on his clothes. That yeah, like the Sacramento Kings, Seth, who have a jersey patch that they wear on their only uniforms for Blue Diamond Almonds. Hey, when you think about both brands, I mean, they just they just go together like yin and yang. Honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't synergy. I, don't, I mean, that's peanut butter Almonds. and jelly right there. I mean, like, you know, just just put those two things together. Yeah. Peanut butter and jelly, almonds and the Sacramento Kings. Yum, yum, yum. I'm in hell. But yes, thank you for coming to The Athletic. Please come, continue to come. I don't know when our next podcast is. I guess that's a, that's, a, that's another thing we should probably mention. Um, we'll, we'll provide whatever um, reaction to the We could literally do another one tomorrow. Yeah, well, sure. We could cut this one in half and yeah. make it two. <laughs> we could... We, we're going to give our reactions to the Chris Jones not getting a deal done, which, by the way, that that's, again, my early prediction at this point. But, yeah, who who knows when we'll be back, and who knows if Seth will continue to cry or not. I'm going to go eat some blue diamond almonds because advertising works, I guess, and go use PayPal and try to figure out the naming rights for Arrowhead Stadium. If you're not subscribed to The Athletic yet, what, what do you do? I mean, God, try for once in your life. Uh, go to theathletic.com slash timesars. You get 40% off your first year. What are you doing? At by Nate Taylor on Twitter, at Real MN Chiefs Fan. I'm at JB Briscoe, presented by at Blue Diamond Almonds. And that's, I'm done. I don't know if Nate has anything else. I just hear, I hear people tearing pieces of paper up and throwing them away in anguish. That's where this show's ended today. Congratulations. You got an hour long podcast and no one is happy. Look, Triple uh, A, I know you guys aren't the biggest company, but have you thought about. <laughs> Providing services for people's vehicles at Arrowhead Stadium, 
This is great. Oh, but guess. Oh, but that's right. There won't be any vehicles at Arrowhead Stadium. You know what? We'll just talk about this much later. You know, when things get back to normal. But look, I just, I just wanted to call, reach out, and say, look, we're looking at some new sponsorship opportunities, and we thought AAA would be would be a a quality company to align ourselves with. Triple with, A bought to you by Duracell and Energizer. Which you know, triple AAA Adidas Arrowhead Stadium presented by Duracell. 